Yes, sir. Me ready football podcast. David Larson alongside Stefan Hosen, the boss. What's up, Stefan? I'm good, man. Ready to kick off the week the best way we can by talking about football. All in the game, yo. All in the game. Game is played and we have to talk about it. You know, and I said to you before the podcast, I don't want to talk to you anymore about like Manchester United or something basic like Tottenham. Teams that just suck. Like, like, you know, someone, I was listening over to some of our podcasts and I was t- listening to the Manchester United. So I, I, I don't know how much more I can say about Manchester United. I don't know how much more I can say about Tottenham and Arsenal and those sorts of things. Like if something relevant happens, like some really breaking news happens, like Manchester United wins a big game, then yeah, we can talk about it. Or Ole gets fired, then yeah. But just this week in, week out, yeah, I'm, I'm out with that. Yeah, I'm with you with that, man. I think we've said all we can say about those kind of topics. It's time to move on to new and more interesting football topics because, because there's a whole world out there. We need to share like our opinions on because our opinions are vastly different than the mainstream um, and, and it's contrarian. Uh, that's what we need to really more get into. And that's what we're going to do today. I really want to get into curious, the word curious, right? Uh, yeah. Players that are curiously rated highly by most people. I'm not going to say they are overrated. Uh, what I'm going to say is if you go on any social media, you're going to say that people just naturally just pencil these players in and just think that they're all oh, there. They're just really, really good. And I curiously think there's some merit to what they're saying, but at the same time, I don't agree with it because I do feel that there is there is some curious, and I'm sticking to the word curious, curious reason why I should call them overrated. And the first player I want to talk about is Thomas Muller, a player that I have serious history with, a player that I used to call overrated, a player that I had a strong argument for. But I no longer have that strong argument against him that he's overrated, Etc. Right, because yeah. curiously, if you look at his statistics, right, he has so many assists. Right, his goal scoring has fallen off, but last year he had eighteen assists in the Bundesliga. Like I know, I know, I'm no big fan of him, but I have to recognize that he's putting up numbers that is hard for me to just write off. Right, so when people yeah. are talking about you know like coaches just rate these guys and everyone saying yeah. Thomas Muller is so good, right? And another person would say, he's as good as Neymar, etc. And I would say, no, and there'll be a back and forth. But what I want to ask you, Stefan, what do I have right about Thomas Muller and what do I have wrong about Thomas Muller? Well, as you've said, you've had a history with Thomas Muller. And if people don't know this, Thomas Muller was probably your Angola Kante, your first Angola Kante, where you used to think he was the most overrated player, probably in the history of football. I think yeah. you got that wrong. I definitely think you got that wrong. What I think you got right was your breakdown of the type of player he was, especially in that time period, um, where he was essentially just the man who finished chances or sometimes laid on assists for, other, for better attacking players. But for I some reason... managed to score penalties or managed to pick up a goal in a game he didn't play well with in, in games yeah. that people saw. It would be a World Cup game or a Champions League game, for example. 
exactly. Those big games, you'd have those, essentially, you'd have big impacts and big moments, and that would lead to um, big ratings. I think you, what you got right was, as I said, you broke down the type of player he was almost perfectly for me. Uh, I think you definitely understood what he was doing for both Germany and Bayern Munich better than most people. But the hyperbole came out and you went a bit overboard and you called him overrated and the, the most overrated player ever, et cetera, et cetera. But curiously, there goes that word right there. What I've noticed about Muller is over the years, I think he's become a better player, yet his ratings have gone down. And why is that? Because his goal scoring has actually gone down. If you look at Thomas Muller now compared to the player that he was um, back when he was a bit younger and actually scoring goals, it's almost like it's flipped. He's more of an assist player now instead of a goal scorer. What happened in between that? We saw a period of time where Thomas Muller, at the height of his overratedness, was asked, was tasked with becoming a more dominant player, get, on, get involved with the play more, hold on to the board, build up play more, etc. Stuff that he couldn't do and things that you rightly pointed out he couldn't do. So once that kind of happened, his ratings went down, new managers came in, they kind of fixed it, they gave him a different role, they gave him a role more suitable to the qualities that he actually had as still possesses, which is more chance creation right now. Still has the ability to score goals. But in the buying team now, for example, with the likes of Leroy Sané, Alfonso Davies, Lewandowski, um, Nabri, Coleman, his role is pretty simple. Get the ball, lay on a chance, get the assist. And he's doing that perfectly. But assists will never get as much love as goals. Hence why he isn't rated as highly as he once was. Despite, in my opinion, him being a much better player than he was five years ago. Okay. The thing with Thomas Muller, and for people who don't know, the reason why I was against Thomas Muller was mainly because Thomas Muller does not display the technical abilities that the best players normally display, right? He never displayed them. He never scored a number of goals. Like we're talking about goal scoring. He's only had one 20 goal season in the league, but he managed to, to rack up a number of goals by playing a number of games over the course of a season. So if you're going in like, in, the, in terms of just the Bundesliga, you only had one 20-goal season. But if you were yeah. to like compare like the Cups, the German League, the, the Champions League, it would always cumulatively go over. It would go over to that 20-point, right? The thing mm -hmm. with Thomas Muller was I never, ever felt like he was consistently impacting the game in a way that, re that was reserved for the players who deserve top five, top ten billing. He was consistently spoken about as a player of high level when if you really look at it, it was not the case. The 2014 World Cup, yes, he scored some goals, but if you, in the knockout stages, he didn't play one good game. Like there was not one single game where he played well, right? And that's a long time ago, it's 2014. I don't want to go into that, right? Then you look at the European Championships, he didn't play one single good game. Right, World Cup in 2018, he did not play one single good game. You are 2012, I missed that one. He did not play one single good game, he didn't score a goal. Uh, the, the, the Euros that just passed, he missed the big chance. He did not play one single good game. But this player, for some reason, had been given this this ratings as some fantastic football player for Germany. And I'm going to give him some credit and I'm going to say, you know, where I'm wrong, right? 
the fact that he has managed to stay in this Bayern Munich team for over a decade and counting and been able to consistently be a starter, right? And has a presence statistically, he does, he, that was where I was wrong. Many players have come, many players have gone who I've thought are better than him, from Goza to um, what's the Colombian player's name who is no good now? Forgot his name. James uh, Rodriguez. Yeah, James Rodriguez. James Rodriguez. Players who I just thought were just absolutely better than him, right? And they just could not hold down a spot. And this guy has done it. He had a season with 21 assists. I don't even think he's that very good of a passer. But how can I say, curiously, how can I say, going back to the word curiously, how can I say he's that good of a passer and man is, has 21 assists? So then <laughs> someone can easily say to me, so why the players that you think have 21 assists, why the players who don't have 21 assists that you think are better passers, why don't they put up these stats? And for that, I'm giving him the ratings that I'm going to admit that I was wrong on that that I did not respect him and I should give his career more respect. I won't go overboard and say I was wrong about him during the times when he was making Ballon d'Or shortlist. That was yeah. just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And I still think it's ridiculous. But however, he does deserve to be mentioned within, if you're talking about like top 30 football players over the last three years, and I, I was one of those that didn't think he was even that good. You have to put him in there. 100% have to put him in there. Um, he deserves the ratings. I, I, and the thing is, it's, it's curious because I always go back to my um, Jose Antonio Reyes theory, right? Whenever okay. My theory, for those that don't know, when Reyes used to play for Arsenal, I was a hater. I said he's no good. And just, he's just trash. And then one day, um, someone was just calling me a hate on it. And I was sitting down, you know, meditating. And I said to myself, wait, if Antonio Reyes was English, would he play for England? And I was, and it is instantly, I was like, of course he's playing for England. Start for England. And I was like, but you rate this player and you rate that player and Reyes would start over them. So what's going on here? And I was, and I did that with, with, with Muller. And curiously enough, I don't think I would want Thomas Muller on any England team. Like when England were about to play Germany and I was telling you how good Germany's team was, right? The only thing I was worried about, I wasn't, I didn't have any fear of him. I didn't even mention him in fear. I just said, the only thing I'm worried is that maybe a corner will come or he'll give a cross and it will score because he has a habit of, of finding something and being able to find something consistently over the course of a season is why he's a top 30 player but at the same time it's why he was overrated at the, at the time when people were calling him top 10 etc because you can't just be that type of football player and be considered uh an elite football player you can't have those limitations of not being able to dominate a game, not being able to have any eye-catching moments, not having the technical ability to just transform and wreck defenses, right? And But I think I was a bit harsh when I used to say, oh, he's just a role player. He's just a, he's just a serviceable player. Yeah, that was where the hyperbole came in. Um, I was a bit hyperbolic there. So I'm going to say I was wrong on him in that regard, right? But I was right on him 
in terms of him being overrated? Yeah, as I said, I think you are right in, in the regards of the type of player he was and you broke down what he did on the field quite, quite fairly for me. I never disagreed with you in that. I definitely think that you went overboard and you probably didn't give him the credit for what he did on the field. Uh, for me, I think Thomas Muller over his career, for the most part, um, he probably is one of, if not the best, um, Robins to Batman <laughs> in, in, um, in history of football. I don't uh, consider him a Robin. I consider him an Alfred. He's been an Alfred <laughs> of this, um, of this <laughs> theme. He's a guy that, that's, that um, Batman, uh, while Batman and Robin are out doing all of the work, the crime fighting and stuff, he sits behind the computer screen and press a button. Oh my gosh, you might be being hyperbolic again. But hey, anyway. I'm putting okay. him on the team before I would <laughs> have him in the bad cave. But my point was like, at no point in time, the best of, um, of Muller, I don't think he was ever the best player on his team. I definitely think at the heights of Bayern Munich, Ribéry and Robin were clearly better than him. I yeah. still think Lewandowski and the likes of um, Nabry have been better than him in the, in the last couple of years. When it was put on him to be the best player on the team, he disappointed just because that wasn't his skill set. They were asking too much of him. And once they kind of changed it back, he started to thrive again. So I definitely think he's a good sidekick. Whether you want to call him Robin or Alfred, I think he's a very good sidekick and, he, and he's built his career on that. I want to give him massive respect for that. Without question. And he and as I said, Alfred does play an important part um, in terms of leadership. Clearly he has fantastic leadership ability. And in that locker room, things that we don't see, the intangibles of Thomas Muller deserves tremendous amount of ratings. And that's where we're going to move on to a player who is the flip of Thomas Muller in Paul Pogba. I saw Paul Pogba play in the European Championship against Switzerland, and that was one of the best footballing displays I've ever seen. And we talk about hyperbolic, I will say, yo, I was like, Jesus, that was absolutely Amazing, this, this disgusting, amazing. And then I watch him, and, and he's just a curious player in terms of I don't know where to rate him. You, you go to you go to his talent, it's there. You go to his statistics, sometimes it's there. But I don't. I've never really looked at Paul Pogba and said Paul Pogba is a great player. I've never looked at Paul Pogba and said he's world class. And then somebody would mention something and I have to give it credence. We're like, yeah, but look at what he does in this. Look at the ability. Look at, you know, look at the long passing. Look at the odd goal. He's world-class. Look at the, uh, the, the amount of the fan base that he has, right? So they have yeah. everybody. I can't be the only one, right? But no, <laughs> but I think people have started to, to switch. Once he got hurt, he recently got hurt. And it looks like he's all, everyone is just saying, oh, yeah, this should be the end of Paul Pogba. And I don't want to preempt you. I know you're going to talk about, oh, Manchester United didn't build around him. Oh, this didn't happen or whatever. And there is credence in that. But at the same time, why has he not been able to be a player that you look at and say, that is a player worthy of the, the hype that he's getting outside of the fact that Manchester United hasn't built a team for him? Well, I mean, we might have to just chalk it down to the fact that at the end of the day, Pogba himself might not have bought into um, becoming the player that he should have become, whether it be in a deep-lying role or whether it be off the left, whatever um, problems that he's had been 
been selected by his teams at the end of the day, you do have to put some pressure on the player. Paul Pogba is extremely talented. I think he's superbly talented. And I've I've been a huge Pogba fan from even before he left Manchester United the first time. I always thought he was supremely talented. Um, I thought he would go far. He's gone far, but he definitely hasn't become the type of player we thought he, he would. He's not dominant. In any role that he's played, he has shown some level of ability to play that role. Whether People might say you shouldn't play him deep. Yeah, he doesn't want to play deep. He plays deep for France and he's done well for the most part. So why couldn't he buy into it for Manchester United and just excel there? That, that's a question that he'd have to answer for himself. Um, we've seen him play off the left to good and bad results. We've seen him play in the left central midfield role to good and bad results. Because even though we, I will always say that the best of Pogba was at Juventus when he played in that left central midfield role, he wasn't incredibly consistent there. Yeah, he was young was coming into his own, but it's not like we've ever seen Pogba truly dominate a season of football ever. And yeah, some problems have to do with how he's been utilised, but maybe we have to admit that some problems have to do with just his mentality on a whole. Intangible. Paul Pogba, I saw a Twitter thread and they were talking about him playing off the left. This is what it comes down to, and I've said this before. I always, this was my problem with him when he was even a young player when he was at Juventus. I always worry about players who don't have a position. We always talk about positionless football, um, rotation, or whatever. Can I put? Is he? Can I put him on a wide player? Wide player, and can he? Can he find place? Can he dominate? Is he a wide player? No. Is he a central midfield player? No. Is he a deep light midfielder? No. Can he play behind the striker? No. Can he, can, is he a forward? No. Right? We're running out of positions, right? We're running out of things for him to do, right? And so yeah. now you're basically telling me, yes, he has all this talent, right? But he has to be put in a particular situation with the right players around him. But because of his talent, he's able to pretend over short periods of different times over the course of a season that he's actually dominant. When, when you actually break it down, he just really isn't. And last season he was injury prone and now he looks like he's injury prone again. Which yeah, is no, 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 no knock on him. That just happens. This is unlocked. Yeah, exactly. yeah but like, as you said, like you just listed a bunch of positions and said he's not, what, he's not one of them. And the fact is, over his career, he's shown the ability in probably each one of those positions to play it well, which is why, as I say, you might just come back to the mentality issue. Why hasn't Pogba just been able to say, you know what, I can play here. I'm going to make this my position. I'm going to become dominant in it. That's a question, as I said, he would have to answer for himself. I definitely do think the fact that he's never been able to nail down a position for his clubs. He's definitely played for what, three different managers at Manchester United with three varying styles. That is hectic. That is problematic. But yeah, at the end of the day, he's never been able to consistently show the type of performances that his talent displays that he can perform. You, people talk about what he does for France. We've gone through this. I don't want to go through it again. When he plays for France, he, he's able to systematically fit in with a team that has a certain mentality and DNA, right? And he's able to use his athletic attributes right, and play a reserved role many a times within a team concept, right, and for most of those times, yeah, he doesn't even play that well. You are 2016, he was not good, 
World Cup 2018, he was not good, but he scored a great goal in the final and had a very good semi-final game, right? And because of his talent, he will always have games where he's able to showcase it, where he has an extra bit of space. The Euros yeah. that just passed, I didn't think he was playing great up until the Switzerland game, but maybe I was being too harsh on him because that's something I do do. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes you watch a player and you hold them to a different standard versus other players. Do you understand? And yeah. some, I would say maybe I'm going to say I was probably wrong. He was playing well at the Euros, playing playing in a system. But you look at the, the best game I thought he, he played. There was crazy criticisms from his within his own team saying he was completely useless tactically. So him yeah. being able to come to play a role, basically playing like a a playground football player, which was wildly entertaining, broke down mm-hmm. the entire team setup, yeah. right? Which I do think is harsh. I, it had to do more with the fact that France started to pick up critical injuries and uh, their centre-backs just were just not good. And Switzerland took advantage of it. Uh, but again, I don't, I just don't see. If I said Paul Pogba, put him on Manchester United, right? which is now, right? And you give him, you put him in the role that Bruno Fernandes is playing. Do I think he's going to be better than Bruno Fernandes? Will he put up those same stats? I don't know. Because I don't, there must be a reason why they never did it. Yeah. I don't don't think he could play that Bruno role. Not in the way that Bruno plays it, at least. He'd have to, he'd play it in his own way. But um, yeah, would he be an improvement on Bruno there? Probably not. He can't play central midfielder. He doesn't have the tactical discipline, doesn't keep the ball well enough consistently. And when he does it, he does it too simplistic. He doesn't move the, the team quickly enough, right? The, again, this, there was this Twitter thread and they were talking about him when he was at his best at Juventus playing off of that left-hand side, right? But again, that was a Juventus team that had Pirlo, you had, you had Vidal, everybody knew their role and he had a ton of skillful football players. So... If you, you can't tell me you're an elite football player and you need everything around you to function well as a midfielder, right? You, you, yeah. you just can't tell me. Like, there must be a reason why I can't see him consistently dominating the likes of the Norwiches and the Brightons and the Newcastles consistently. There's, there's 19 teams Manchester United play against. 15 of them are no good. Paul Pogba should be able to play in a way that would be able to dominate a game. When Steven Gerrard was at um, Liverpool under Rafa Benitez, right, he was playing central midfield. Steven Gerrard was no great central midfielder, right? Rafa Benitez openly said, said this, I need more possession, less passion, right? And it wasn't like Rafa Benitez was some possession manager. He just needed someone who had the ability to understand how to retain the ball consistently. Steven Gerrard moved to a more forward role. I was absolutely brilliant. Zidane, uh, Zidane was talking about, oh, this guy is a powerhouse. He looked like he was transforming the number 10 position. I remember that the season with Torres where he was actually better than Fernando Torres, but yeah. going back to the whole not scoring goals, blah, blah, blah. I actually just read an interview with Steve, saw an interview with Steven Gerrard last night where he was talking about that was his, that was the best of his career and the most fun he ever had um, playing behind Fernando Torres. He was able to use his attributes 
while had been while understanding how to use the central midfield skills that he had learned previously. Because Steven Gerrard was super fast, right? He was he would heat up the ground. He had underrated um, ball skills. He had the cutbacks. He had a Cruyff third, right? He could could float over to the right hand side. Could make a cross. He had a tackle in him, right? He, he was able to put it all together. Paul Pogba has not been able to put anything together outside of the odd football game, and then you will have his people in the uh, on social media verse and. Um, and the likes of Micah Richards and Sky Sports talking about, we're so hard on him, man. Why are we not hard on this player? Why are we not hard on this player? Here's why we're not hard on it. Why we're hard on him? Because he's gone about 10 games and he hasn't played one single good one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing with Pogba. Like, as I said, regardless of whatever position you put him in, he does, sorry, he does at some point in time, regardless of the position, show the ability to play that position well and he puts up these performances and you're just like oh Pogba he's so good such a talent and then it breaks down for whatever reason whether he's moved a different position whether he just doesn't have it in himself to be consistent it breaks down and it's just ultimately very frustrating when you look at the talent of Pogba's quality and just think bro why can't we just do this for an entire season why can't you just be the dominant player that we want you to be you because be he doesn't have you. a position like where is yeah, he he can be dominant on PlayStation. He can be dominant in a, in a pickup game. But how is he going to be dominant? Would he be yeah. dominant if you put him on Manchester City? Maybe, I guess. That, I, guess that's, I guess that's what someone could say. And that's what's so curious about him. Because I really just don't know. There's times when I look at him and I have to, and I have to give credence to his fans and say, yes, he can do this. But, but when I break down and this the way the way how I break down football and the reason why I'm going with the word curious is because there must be something I'm missing why it's so hard to grade a Mullah. It's so hard to grade a Paul Pogba because they do things that make the argument against my argument worthwhile listening. I can't just arbitrarily just brush it off. Yeah. No, there has to be something there. Uh, just, just speaking of it, like Pogba's contract is coming up to its end at Manchester United. And the fact is, despite the fact that he hasn't been consistent in any position, um, the fact that we can say he really does appear positionless, I can almost bet my host that he's going to have a fair few offers signing him up just based on the talent that he's displayed inconsistently. Because at the end of the day, he does have some superb talent. He, he has the ability and he has the name recognition, uh, but he just doesn't have the... I'm not sure if he knows how to play football in a 11, how his talent fits in a 11 v 11 consistently, right? You get the best out of him and uh, the best out of the team. Uh, uh, you know, like there's players like Griezmann who have always thought is overrated. There's no argument on earth that would ever switch me on that, right? There's nothing, right? I've, yeah. I've gone through the Antonio Griezmann stuff and his flop at Barcelona was predictable by me. It just wasn't very good, right? Mason Mount is a player who is, I can't say it's overrated because a lot of people, it's pretty much, it's pretty much just a media faction, et cetera. They, they rate him, right? Yeah. And um, he scored three goals this season, all against Norwich. But at the same yep. time, I rate Jack Grealish, and Jack Grealish has only scored one goal. So I don't want to get into that. We've spoken about him. So he's not curious. Who I want to get into, and this I want to end the podcast with, and this is the reason why I'm so excited to talk to you about, is Leon Bailey. 
right? He's a curious player. I have history with his stepfather, um, which we don't need to get into. He's, he's in the Premier League. He's started two games, four substitute attorneys, two assists, one goal. You know, he's, he's, he has had injuries. But the reason why what would want to be a bridge between this topic and the next topic is Jamaica recently played against El Salvador game. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch because of my yeah. schedule and the timing. And it's not like one of those games you can just rewatch, right? Jamaica, who had been, you know, joking, jokingly like, uh, we're I was, you know, calling the worst team, this, that, and other. I'm really proud that they are no longer the worst team and they're actually giving a good account of it. But you had a tweet that was interesting after Pulis scored. You said you wish that our superstar player or alleged superstar player or whatever you said, star player, could have a similar yeah. impact. What were you trying to say? I mean, it's fairly simple. I've also said many times, you know, the one thing about Jamaican people is that when they rate you, they really rate you. And Jamaican people really rate Leon Bailey. And that's not to say I don't rate Leon Bailey either. But the fact of the matter is, Leon Bailey, despite all the fanfare, despite all the nonsense surrounding if he would ever play for Jamaica and how the JFF did him dirty, blah, 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 he's been playing for Jamaica and he's been absolutely terrible for Jamaica. And there's no two ways about it. I don't want to hear any excuses about um, managers or tactics or not playing the right way. End of the day, Leon Bailey has played for Jamaica, I think, 15 times now, and I don't think he's had an impact in. Um, any game outside against outside of the ones against the Minos. But am I surprised by this? No. Because I said this a long time ago. I said this, I think it was two years ago. I probably go back and find the tweets. Um, Leon Bailey to me, based on his skill set, people think he's Pele. People think he's going to come to the counter-attack, get on the ball, dribble past everybody, make passes, create chances, score goals by himself. But that's never been the type of player he was for me. I go, I've watched him in Belgium. I watched him at Bayer Leverkusen, where he was incredibly inconsistent, despite the fact that Jamaicans kept harping on about the fact that he was being superb over there. Last season, he had a very good season for Bayer Leverkusen. His best in a while, because the two before that were terrible. He got a move to Villa, and he struggled at Aston Villa. Injuries for sure, but even when he's been on the field, he's not been very good. So it's, it's no surprise he's come to Jamaica and he's playing poorly. Against El Salvador, he could not beat... <laughs> I can't even name their left-back's name, but he could not beat him once. This little El Salvador left-back had him in his pocket. People would say, oh, we didn't get the ball to him in the positions that he needed to get them in. Not true. He got them. He just couldn't play, beat the player. But overall, what I was saying, Pulisic is a type of young player that, in regards to the CONCACAF, let's, let's take their club forms out of it. Just based on their skill set, Pulisic is a type of player who is ball-dominant, wants to get on the ball, has a direct goal threat in both regards to scoring and assisting and will make an impact on the field pretty much every time he plays. To me, Leon Bailey, and I've said this a year ago, he's a kick-and-run player. Like for Bayer Leverkusen when he played left-back or right-back, he needs the space, he needs to operate freely, he needs less responsibility, he just needs to get the ball, kick it fast, kick it hard, run, and that's not going to work in CONCACAF with Jamaica where... Our system, we're not ball dominant. So we're not going to have him have the opportunities to do that over and over and over. But what's going to happen when he, doesn't, when he isn't able to do that? We blame everybody else except the player. He got the chances. He just doesn't deliver. 
Leon Bailey, I've never rated, but again, curiously, it may be because of my relationship with his adopted father, um, who serious issues, uh, but that's besides the point. Every time I've watched him, I've never seen him play well, right? Apart from there was one game in Germany, I think he came on and scored a good goal and shift to man. Apart from I've never seen him play well, but the games I seem to miss, he managed to find a goal. So clearly I shouldn't be watching him if you're a Leon Bailey fan. The ball always seems to bounce far from him. He, he just looks so raw and old, uncultured. And then, but the way, but I do give him credit for the way he strikes the ball. He does have a good strike on it. Um, but I recently someone was talking to me and they were saying to me, yeah, you have to like what Leon Bailey is doing at Aston Villa. He's going to do him thing. And then in two years or a year, he's going to be at a bigger club. Uh, like they've already mapped out this guy's career to, to heights that I don't believe he'll get to. But at the same time, I didn't believe he'd get anywhere close to the, the heights he's at now. Yeah. So I don't think he last year he had nine goals and eight assists in the Bundesliga, which based on what we've seen from Jaden Sancho, we really need to highly, highly <laughs> right? Um, no, the thing with Leon, I think Leon has a lot of attributes that are very likable. He has a fantastic shot on him, he, yes. he smashed that ball. I, I remember even one time I was in Jamaica, I, I heard him kick a ball once. Um, and he must have been, this is probably right before he went to Gink. And I heard him slap a ball. And my God, the sound it made. I was like, that's not a, that's not a child. <laughs> but anyway, um, no, he has some fantastic attributes. Good shot. He is fast. He does display some ability to beat players when going at pace. His dribbling technique, he's not someone where if he's slowed down and he's fronted up, he has the ability to manipulate the ball and get past players. That's not really how he, he, he best dribbles past opponents. He needs to be bursting into space one-on-one -on -one, and he can, get, he can get it around the play and, and go. But he does have some likable attributes. I can see why people like him, but I just think, especially among us Jamaicans, we've really overrated his skill set. Well, to give him credit, right, the fact that he reached where he reached to, is um, based on how he reached there, based on his history and how he was able to get it. He deserves tremendous respect and credit for that. Um, because very few Jamaican players have the ability. I know we talk about Jamaican people up to rate. According to Jamaican people, they have about 20 men who could play in the Bundesliga right now, right? We, we only have one, right? And it's him. And he, he, um, and he, and there, there must be a reason why he was the one. And he deserves tremendous amount of credit for that. Right, but I'm not yeah. a bank. I'm not in the business of supplying credit, right? Right. It's not an accounting class. No, account and debit, credit and debit, right? When I watch him play, I just don't see it, right? And unless he's going to score goals, he offers nothing to me other than someone mm -hmm. who's going to run fast. Yes, yeah, and that was my point with, um, with the Pulisic comparison. Um, Pulisic will do a lot more on the field than Bailey will do. By the end of the day, Pulisic will score a goal, he'll get an assist. And Bailey, that's what he has to be doing for us. He has to be making use of whatever chances he gets. He had, he had one good shot in the first half. And by, I didn't want to say good shot. He had one shot that I believe if it actually went on goal, probably would have seriously tested the goalkeeper, but the defender blocked it with his arm. Smart play by him. But um, overall, like, he's just in the way that Bailey will impact a football game, he hasn't been able to do that for Jamaica. And people are 
put prophesizing him as someone who can affect the football game in ways that he really never is going to. And that was my point when I compared it to Pulisic. Pulisic will, imp- will impact the game in a broader variety of ways. Bailey will not be able to do that. Well, I want to talk about him again. Um, I'm going to give him this season. I really need to watch him. He's still only 24. And he must be improving in certain aspects. That I'm critical of him because he's a young footballer. He's 24, still a young footballer. And the, if you can kick like he can, and he has the ability to score goals like he showed in Bundesliga, there's, there's going to be a place for him on many a clubs. But going into the Jamaica game, anything you want to talk about? Because I didn't get to see Jamaica getting a real... I think it was a good result. Because we, the few times that we talk about Jamaica, you know, I was like, Jamaica is worse of the, the of the eight teams. Jamaica is ninth. Right? <laughs> yeah, Stuff like I, that. I did say that my, my serious conclusion is I think we're the seventh, fifth team in the group. Um, before the game, I thought we would have gotten a draw against El Salvador. I don't particularly think we played badly. We didn't play well either. We played Jamaican standard football. We didn't give up many chances. We didn't create many chances. Um, Antonio came on. That was the plan to, to save him for the USA game. He wouldn't play. He came on. He scored a really good goal. I, I thought we were going to sneak it, but unfortunately, at the end of the day, we're just not good enough. <laughs> and well, there's seven on. games left. And they have to the USA at home, Mexico at home, right? Panama yeah. away. Canada away. And I've named those four teams because those are the four teams ahead of Jamaica, right? Costa Rica yeah. at home, right? Those are the five. Costa Rica is level on points with Jamaica, right? So, they're, they're, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to give up hope. You beat United States. United States coming off of a big win against, against uh, Mexico, coming to Jamaica. Jamaica has never been an easy place for United States to play. Jam- I can see Jamaica getting the result. I'm going to be on the positive side, and I'm going to say I was right on the City versus Manchester United, where I where, where I was really confident. I, I'm in a group chat where there's some Ronaldo fans and Messi, and I'm being the Messi fan, and they're talking. Oh no, man! Either Manchester, either the game, either Man United going win or going draw. Man, I was like, no, United going to lose. It's like there's no, there's no thing. It's like it's going to be. It's over. It's over. Maybe they might score a penalty. And uh, I was very confident. And I'm not as confident in this one, but I think Jamaica is going to get a positive result against the United States. I would, I would love for that to happen. Um, I have said from before, I don't really have any hopes of Jamaica qualifying for the next World Cup. Uh, but as I said, I, I don't particularly think we've been terrible in any of these qualifier games apart from the Panama one. I'd love to see us get a result against USA home. We're going to have some fans in there, which is good. We're going to have 5,000 fans in the stadium. I might be one of them. Don't know yet. But um, yeah, I hope we get the result. Hope we, I, I say we'll get a draw. I, I could see us drawing that game, but it's going to be tough. Yeah, the, the result that really hurts is not being able to beat Canada. Jamaica had to, had to win that game at home. You know? Yeah, for sure. That, that one really tough. But seven games left, there's still some time now. No, it's, time is almost up. Uh, lastly, though, curiously, it's rumors about Pepe, to our favorite footballer, a player that we were both right on when he was coming to Arsenal. I had serious questions about him based on what I saw at Lille. Um, Arsenal Actually, no, I was, no, no, no. I was, I was, I was wrong on Pepe coming oh, from I'm Lille. Sorry, I thought you were I with me when before no, Pepe. No. Came. 
I remember when he came over, I, I had admitted that I'd seen very little of him, but I had said something along the lines of, he reminds me of a poor man's version of Mo Salah. So I got that very wrong. He's just a poor man's version of himself. No, he's a poor man's version of a, home, of a, of a homeless footballer trying to play <laughs> for a big team. Yeah, I was wrong. But yeah, no, there's rumors that Arsenal are willing to sell him for $25 million at the earliest convenience. Um, in my opinion, you take the time you run, get anything yeah, you can get. From you didn't, uh, when honestly, when he was coming to England, I thought he was Zaha level, and not Zala, Zaha level, no, Zaha level. Then, uh, okay, that's what I thought he was. I know there was a time where it was either Zaha or Pepe to Arsenal, and it ended up being Pepe. I, I thought, oh, yeah, he's that level, but you know, I don't know if I believe the rumors, I think that it's still a little too early. For those rumors to be in, they need to give him at least the end of the season before he decide. I definitely think they'll keep him until the end of the season. If there's any forward who's going to leave in January, it probably would be Lacazette because his contract expires in January and in, in the summer. Sorry, so maybe they'll cash in on him. But I, I don't expect any big movements for Arsenal in the outgoing regards in January. But come the summer. Two years left on his contract, 25 mil. I know lots of people back. Like, oh, but we spent $72 million on him. Yeah, but he's been terrible for three years. Get anything you can get and just get him out because it's just not going to work. The money isn't important. Pepper is the type of football player, like when he leaves Arsenal and he goes and plays for like an Ajax or a, or a team in France or Portugal or whatever, and then you buck him in the Champions League on the right day, he'll actually be doing some stuff and he'll be like, yo, Arsenal just don't know football. Arsenal don't know what they're doing. And that's what Pepe is. Pepe is just not the, not the football player who can take that step up. And even though Arsenal, in terms of position in the league, is no longer what they were, but in terms of pressure, style of football, relevancy, in, in terms of how people think of Arsenal... He's mm-hmm. just not on that level of football. And where Arsenal want to be, the level of football that Arsenal need, he is just not capable of that. He's capable yeah. of playing for where he was, a Lille, maybe even going to a Porto, maybe even a Dortmund, something like that, you know? A team yeah. that most weeks, the pressure isn't on him week in, week out to be a Mohamed Salah player, isn't on him, the pressure to get into the top four, Pressure to be a, an EPL 11 player is not on him. Yeah, he can just be what he is, where he can use his skill set to when the few times people watch him say, oh, he's pretty good. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I agree with you there. That's pretty much how I view him as well. As I said, initially, I thought he would be a poor man's seller. Um, and by that, I mean, I just thought he'd be a goal-scoring player. Um which he was in Lille, but then the thing with Lille and League One and Pepe's goal-scoring record, similar to Lacazette, as I said, I had barely watched him. I just see that he had, I just see that he had scored 21 goals. Um, and then when I looked at his actual breakdown, I realized I think nine of them were penalties. You're like, oh, okay, cool. He's not going to score that many goals. It was Got more it. than nine. It was like 12. No, yeah, come, something like that. Some ridiculous number. Was like penalty. It was essentially almost 50% of his goals were penalties. Yeah, I was like, oh, I see. He's, he's definitely not going to score that many goals from open play in, in England. Got he's, a, he's a better version of a former Chelsea legend, Solomon Kalou. That's what he is. He might be, but um, I know what he's a worse version of. He's a worse version of Theo Walcott. 
Bam. <laughs> rough. But I, I'm going to leave you on that note. That, that's that, that's, that's going to take us out for the week. All right, Stefan. Good catching up with you. Can't wait to talk to you again after Jamaica gets a good result against USA. Next week, we'll be talking after Jamaica beats the USA and um, Watford beats Manchester United. And Arsenal beats... Beats in Manchester United is not a big <laughs> result. Man United is not a big side again. And Arsenal winning at Anfield next week Saturday as well. Yeah, push it too far. There's only so much, so much luck can go around. <laughs> if, if all of those results come through, I'll be, I'll be a millionaire next week. Trust me. Don't bet on it. Don't bet on it. <laughs> All right. See you, Stefan.